church. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you sure you're ready for this? Oh, you're going to pray for mercy. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to finish up Leviathan tonight. And um, so we need to turn in our Bibles to, let's find out where we're going to be, where I am in my pig pen notes here. And uh, we will get started. So we're going to be going to uh, a few places in Scripture. Um, I believe... Can you hear me? Hello, 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 hello. Is it on? I can hear me. All right. Hello, 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 hello. Let me, where's that? Let me see that here. I wasn't really working with... I guess I'm going to have to yell. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Good online. Well, everybody get their phone down and listen online. Whoa. I don't know what happened there. Hallelujah. Can you hear me now? Okay, all right. Let's go to Isaiah 27. Isaiah 27. And uh, basically we've been taking uh, through uh, a series called Spirit Aware and uh, understanding the spirit realm from the aspect of the Word of God. That's the number one way that you're going to be able to discern what's going on in the Spirit is through the Word of God. Now, that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit will not aid you in discerning of spirits or in, um, you know, giving you dreams and uh, visions and then uh, enabling you to see into the spirit realm. That's as the Spirit wills. That's not something that you control. That's not something that you can necessarily... I don't even know that it's really good for some to even ask for that because the, the God of this world seeks to uh, bring in deception. So the first place we have to go is the Word of God. The Word of God reveals everything we need to know about the spirit realm. Now you might say, well, I've read the Bible and I don't know very much about the spirit realm. Well, you need to dig into the Bible. It's not just a casual reading of the Bible or just a surface reading. You're going to have to dig in and get in uh, to these things and understand how God shows and reveals. And we shared that with you that God uses natural things to show us spiritual things. And so he uh, likens spirits or unclean spirits to various animals. He, 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 uh, he shows us, you know, flies and locusts and things of that nature. Well, Leviathan is a, is a, um, it's a, it was a real, uh, you know, animal or, or fish, but um, it's not something that you and I have seen, okay? Uh, you know, this is something that, um, you know, we haven't seen with our physical eyes. 
Uh, it may be something that was in the antediluvian world. I don't, I don't have any clue as what it is, but the Lord alludes to it as, as a sea monster. Now, he's doing this to show us some things about the spiritual entity of Leviathan. And the spiritual entity of Leviathan is alive and well in the church. <clears throat> and you've got, and that's one reason why the Lord is just focused on, on speaking to this particular area. And as we endeavor to move through this, you will find out um, that Leviathan is alive and well, swimming in the waters of revival, because that's where he does. Anytime God moves, Leviathan is right under the surface to try to distract, to try to cause division, to try to cause the twisting of words, to cause miscommunication, to cause um, uh, severing of relationships that are important to the kingdom of God. So we've got to be on the lookout because Leviathan swims in the waters of revival. Okay, you've got to understand that. He swims in the waters of revival. Now notice what, what Isaiah 27, 1, it says, In that day, the Lord with his hard and great and strong sword will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. Now I shared with you, I think it was a rise in which I shared this with you, about how the Leviathan will throw accusation and throw some kind of controversy in between you and someone else and then will flee the scene of the crime, okay? He doesn't sit around and stay. He flees. He'll throw an accusation, and then he'll flee. But notice it also says, Leviathan the twisting serpent. And we explain this to you, is that when Leviathan is present, he twists words. He'll twist words. He'll twist your perception. He'll twist the way you see things. To where, you know, when someone is under the influence of Leviathan, they believe lies and they tell lies because their, their, their logic has been convoluted by this spirit to where if they're offended, say that I'm offended with Trevor or I'm offended with Jesse, okay, I can get so wrapped up in that. Leviathan can take a hold of my life to where they can absolutely do nothing right. If they wrote me a check for a million dollars, I would find fault with it. Do you understand that? Have you ever been so mad at someone that they can do nothing, nothing right? That's the spirit of Leviathan. He's holding you in the realm of pride. It's your pride that's holding you in that grip. Because what does humility do? Get down low, Father, forgive me, please forgive me. You know, humility is forgiveness, operating in peace. Hello? Saying you're wrong when you don't believe you're wrong. Come on now. now those are very important things. They cut the head off Leviathan in your life. But pride, when he begins to weave himself in our own pride, we begin to get so energized and so... Um, you know, filled with, with, with uh, just stubbornness that we don't want to say we're sorry. We don't want to say we were wrong. This is how a lot of people say they're sorry in this culture. Well, I'm sorry you were hurt. That's not sorry. Come on now. Well, I'm sorry you were hurt by that, by, by what I said. No, you need to say, I'm sorry I said something that was hurtful and wrong. 
That's the, that's the difference. You see what I'm saying? But Leviathan wants to distort and twist. And, you know, we can... We can I remember uh, the first time I had um, been made aware of this was years ago, early on in the ministry. Uh, I had some good friends, and uh, they were having marriage problems, severe marriage problems. And um, this lady she just she would get so wrapped up in what she believed was going on that you couldn't convince her otherwise i mean you you could show her the proof that this was not going on that there was absolutely no reason for her to believe that this was going on and she would she just flat out tell you that the sun is purple I mean, you just could not convince her. No, this is not going on. Here, here's the proof. I don't believe you. That's what Leviathan's at work when that happens. Because her own pride would not cause her to admit that she was wrong in her perception of what was going on. Amen? That's the reason why humility is so valuable to our lives. It is actually, humility is an act of self-preservation. Did you know that? Did you know forgiveness is an act of self-preservation? I mean, if you want to live long, if you want to, you know, walk off sickness and disease, you better be quick to forgive and quick to repent. Amen? You better be because I'm telling you what, these entities, they prey on that. Amen? And so he calls him the, the twisting serpent, and he will slay the dragon that is in the sea. So he gives us this imagery of a dragon or a sea monster. And uh, basically some have said that uh, it is a multi-headed uh, serpent as well. Let's look at Psalm 74. Go over to Psalm 74. Psalm 74, and starting with verse number 12, it says, Yet God, my King, is from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads. Everybody say heads. So that means there's more than one. You broke the heads of the sea monster on the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. Okay, so so he notice that there are multiple heads, you know, to this spiritual entity, and uh, so basically we could use the term uh, head as a means of expression or a means of appearance. Okay, and so we've got to be aware that he uh, can present himself in many different ways. And so we, we, we need to be aware of that and understand that he may come at us in one way and we may get victory, but then he's going to come at us another way. Okay, so we constantly got to be on our guard uh, in regards to the seven heads of Leviathan. Now, some say there are seven heads uh, corresponding with... Um, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 6. Let's look over there, just one book over, Proverbs chapter 6. I'm trying to remember all that I've told you before so that we don't just do a bunch of review. But in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse number 16, it says this. It says, These are six things that the Lord hates, 
Seven that are an abomination to him, okay? So these are abominable things. These are things that are deplored by the Lord. He absolutely hates them. And it says, first, a haughty eyes. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who, uh, who uh, breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. So the whole goal of Leviathan is to keep these things generating. You see, he works under the surface of good things. You know, uh, you can expect a demonic attack when things, when you went through failure in your life, when you've missed it, when you are down on yourself, you're dejected, and, and, and you feel um, demoralized, you can expect demonic. But guess, guess what? You can also uh, expect demonic attack when you have success. When things go wrong. And in fact, you're more susceptible to the enemy when you get into the realm of success because the realm of success has an element of lifting us up in the realm of pride and that's what he looks for okay so he's looking and that's how he works in ministries and in ministers um, a minister can start off and be you know start getting very affluent get get a lot of people that are following and listening to them and then they you know and it, it seems very innocent and it's praise the lord i'm so grateful the lord is using me to i'm something you know the adoration of people is hard to handle it's very hard to handle um you think the criticism of people is hard to handle. Yes, it is. Let me tell you something. When you get criticized, it's rough. But did you know the Bible warns us not just about that, about censure, but it also warns us about praise. In fact, the book of Proverbs is all over that, about operating out and, and resisting the flattery and the praise of people. Because we really are... In ourselves, we're nothing. Well, Jesus is the teacher. Jesus is the healer. See, we're just supposed to walk like Jesus walked. So Jesus never took any credit for any message. He said, the doctrine that I have is not my own, it's my Father's. He never took any um, credit for any healing or miracle or deliverance. He said, it's the Father in me that does the works. See, this is how we're supposed to operate. We have, we're supposed to operate. It's Jesus in me doing the works. It's Jesus speaking through me. And we need to get it resist, you see, the, the adoration of people because especially when you um, minister to people and God moves on that person, those people will tend to look at you very, very differently than other people. They shouldn't, but they do. Okay? So that's when you've got a choice. Either you can walk in humility or you can use that as a means of witchcraft to try to control that person. Hello. 
So we've got to, we've got to watch that stuff. Leviathan is looking. Because people, you know, there's some people that are addicted to being needed. And they'll use their prayer life and, and their, li their life in God as a means of attracting people. And people actually think that they're tapping into the Lord, but they're really tapping into the ego of, oh, I'm, I'm stepping on some dangerous ground here, but that is the truth. Come on now, it's, it's the truth. Ministry is filled with egomania. Amen? Uh, my most miserable days in ministry were days in which I was trying to compare and compete. When I was afraid that if I wasn't there, it was going to shut down. Every pastor knows that feeling. If I'm not there, the thing is going to shut down and it's going to go down to the pits of hell. That's what you believe. But it doesn't happen, does it? Because Jesus is the builder. Jesus is the pastor. But every pastor wrestles with that. Every pastor wrestles with that. Got several of them that, that have been in here and have, have pastored churches. You fret over that. Okay? Because you think it depends on you. That's the, that's the waters that Leviathan swims in. You understand? Okay, so other people say that the seven heads of Leviathan are pride, rebellion, a critical spirit. When someone's under the guise of Leviathan, they criticize everything. Hello? I don't like how he dresses. I don't like how, what's he wearing a coat up there? Come on now, there's people that do that. I'm serious. Why don't he shave that beard off? I'm, I'm serious. They will criticize your, come on. And some of you lady ministers know that. They'll criticize what you wear and the way you wear your makeup and the way, come on, they'll do it. Hello? And I'm telling you, it's just a critical spirit. The minute they get out the door and get in their car, they're criticizing all the way till they get to steer in. They take a break and order their food, and then they continue. <laughs> Hello. They do that, and they think they're, 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 they're God's watchdog. Well, I'm just protecting people. You know, hello, I've had a few of them that felt like they were protecting the flock, you know, and uh, it was just criticalness and criticalness and just, just not satisfied with anything. In fact, one of them, you know, um, um, had said they were leaving, and, you know, of course I, let, I said, well, let me pray for you, you know, just being nice and doing that, and then they called me back later and they want to come back. And I just told him this. I said, we can't please you. So no. You're not coming back. I said, there's just no way I can please you. I said, three months later, we're going to be right back at this spot. Do you see what I'm saying? Amen. Just be blessed some other congregation <laughs> with, with your... Just bless somebody else. I, I release you to be a blessing to the world. I don't want you around. 
you know. I'm telling you, you know, if you've been in the ministry long, you've got to go with the goers. If you try to wrestle Leviathan in someone else's life, you wear yourself out. You will wear yourself out and uh, drown yourself. So critical spirit, confusion. You know, there's people that you get around and you get confused. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, when Leviathan shows up, you just, what in the world, you know? And you get away from him and you think, I should have said this and I should have said, come on, how many know what I'm talking about? I should have said that, you know, and all this unction and utterance comes. And, and when you're around them, you just feel like, you're, you know, you're plugged up, you know, you feel like it's a spirit. It's a spirit. Hello. This stuff, impatience. The person is impatient. They're in a Leviathan spirit. They're just absolutely impatient. Well, can't you just hurry it up? Why can't we get this done right now? Come on. That's Leviathan spirit. This very dangerous stuff. A lying tongue, just like in Proverbs 6. They tell lies. Why? Because pride is the primary motivator of Leviathan. He is the king of all the sons of pride. So he recognizes pride. He operates in pride. And he breathes pride into people's lives. And pride causes deception. Verse says, the pride of thine heart has deception. Go hand in hand. Proud people tell lies. Okay? All right? Contention. Discord. Murderous attitudes towards people. You know, I'd kill you if I could get away with it. You know, that's the kind of attitude that they, they, that they kind of have. You know, discord. What are you hanging around them for? You don't really know them like I know them. They don't know me either. They never got to know me, but they think they do. They're just jealous that, oh, oh. hello, I'm telling you what. Now you're recognizing some people in the church, aren't you? See, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's just kind of, <laughs> hello. But we don't need to be looking out the window. We need to be looking in the mirror. I didn't, I didn't, I'm not equipping you to be witch hunters. I'm equipping you to burn the chaff out of your life, allow the Holy Spirit to burn this stuff out of your life, because here's the problem. We go back to Balaam. What did Balaam, what is the doctrine of Balaam? The doctrine of Balaam is get the people of God to curse themselves by being disobedient to God. What is the role of spirits? Spirits lure us into idolatry and to sin so that we get out of the will of God and the curse comes with the cause of we are operating again in the law of sin and death. Okay, so basically we curse ourselves. When we operate out, it's not that God just gets mad and shakes his fist at us. It's that we get over in the devil's territory. And when we operate in pride, God hates it. God absolutely abhors it. In fact, two things in this sixth chapter of Proverbs is about pride. Okay, he absolutely deplores it. And pride is so nasty and so uh, dirty, we don't even know we've got it on us. 
Okay? So we're going to talk about that. That's why I said it's going to be a little bit dicey here um, tonight. But I'm going to give you ten real quick things, ten quick things uh, as we go to the book of Job, Job 41, which gives us the clearest teaching of this spiritual being called Leviathan. Now, I shared with you last week that um, Job was in spiritual pride in regards to his life. He was self-justifying himself and being self-righteous. He started off right. His three friends came to him. They said some right things. They said a lot of wrong things. Okay? But he began to justify himself in his own eyes. Okay? I'm going to prove that to you here by the scriptures here because this is important that you get a hold of these scriptures. Let's look at Job 32. This is after the three friends had tried to tell Job, listen, you need to look at your life, repent, and God will heal you. And Job is saying, no, look, I haven't done anything. And there's a lot of times that we get into that mode where we go from, you know, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. God will sustain me to why is God doing this and why is this happening and why is this? And then, you know what? I go to church every time the doors open and I read my Bible and I read it more than so-and-so and I read it more, come on, and I do more than this and you get into self-righteousness. Now notice this, verse number one. So these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous where? In his own eyes. Wasn't righteous in the eyes of God. He was righteous in his own eyes. See, we are not healed based upon our goodness. We're healed based upon a good Jesus. Okay, so there's absolutely no way that he could receive the deliverance that he needed with self-righteousness, okay? So God has to reveal to him this self-righteousness, and he describes it as Leviathan, okay? So when we look at Psalm 41, I'm going to give you 10 things out of this, uh, not Psalm, but Job 41. It, uh, it, it basically tells us about Leviathan, and uh, God is giving Job the root cause of his situation, the root cause for his situation. And that's really what we need as believers. We need to get down to the root. And a lot of the root is pride that leads to self-righteousness okay we begin to get barter with God based upon our good works did you know that you can't do that hello did you know you can't do that but yet people will do this God why is this happening I, I tithe I give I do all that you tell me to do see that's, that's bartering You're healed by grace. You're delivered by grace. You're saved by grace. Amen? Now, notice what he says in verse number 1. He says, Can you draw out Leviathan with a fish hook or press down his tongue with a cord? Can you put a rope in his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Um, so, basically, the first thing you've got to understand is you can't play with this spirit. 
There's people that think they can play with pride. You can't play with it. Oh, well, pride, you know, I, I, I kind of like this attention. I kind of like this dominant attitude that I've got, you know. You can't play with that. You can't play with that. Well, you know, my confidence level has just gotten to a new, new high, and I'm just really feeling, you know, confident. And, you know, it's time for me to, you're, you're messing with stuff. Hello? Are you with me? You can't play with this. This is a spiritual entity. You cannot use natural weapons to get rid of it. You can't put it on a leash. And a lot of people take these things and they put it on a leash. Well, it's, it's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. I, I've been helping others all these years. It's my time to shine. See, this is Leviathan. You can't be playing. Well, they don't appreciate me. They don't appreciate my gifts. They don't appreciate what I can bring to, get, bring to the table. You know what? It's my time. I'm sick and tired of being in the shadows. I'm sick and tired of being, come on. This, you're playing with something that you don't have the ability to overcome. With pride comes contention. With pride comes destruction. If we exalt ourselves, we're going to be abased. That's a principle. That's just like the law of gravity. And the enemy knows that. That's why he lures you into. It's just like if I said right here, you know, everybody come and walk off this thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know that the law of gravity is going to work. You know that it's going to work. Every single time. Well, for some reason, the devil convinces us that we're just going to walk right over to the chair without even falling. And that's what you do when you play with pride. Yeah, I know so-and-so messed up and failed and made a wreck of their life, but I'll win. I won't do it. How many of you have ever heard your kids say that? I'll do it. I'll be successful where no one else was successful. You tell people, don't do this, don't go into this behavior, don't get with this person. You know, this is what happened, it happened to me. And I, oh, well, I, I don't care what happened to you. Because I'm exempt. Is this too hard for you? It's just the truth. Devil just convinced, oh, you won't fall. You won't fall. I know the Bible clearly says that if you exalt yourself you're going to be abased I know the Bible says that but he says oh it won't happen to you has God said you know so a lot of our destruction is not even at the direct hands of the enemy did you know that that we actually cooperate and are the instigators of our own destruction by disobedience and stupidity and come on it's just, you know, there's your sign. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so you can't play with this spirit. This spirit is very dangerous. You start thinking thoughts like that. Well, you know what? They don't believe in me. I'm just going to go find some place where they believe in me, where they, they can handle what I got. They just can't handle what I've got. 
They're afraid of me. That's what they are. They're afraid of me. They're afraid if I get up on that pulpit, the, the congregation will run them off and make me the pastor. Oh, you don't think those thoughts are real? They're absolutely real. You're better than that. You're better than he is. Why do they got Russell up there? What's he got that I ain't got? I'm better than he. Russell, I'm not picking on you, brother. Is there? Just look. Come on now. What's he got that I ain't got? You're messing with a Leviathan. You're messing with a Leviathan. Don't think you can. Uh, notice what he says. He says, will he make many pleas to you? Will he speak to you soft words? Absolutely not. Those are not soft words that I just shared with you. Will he make a covenant with you to take him for your servant forever? Okay. All right. So that gives me the number two. You can't enter into any agreements with this spirit because this spirit is a covenant breaker. The spirit is a covenant breaker. Hello. So what does that mean? That means I don't marry or date or even socially interact on the Internet with someone who has the Leviathan spirit. Because if I come into an agreement with them, they're going to break it because they're a covenant breaker. Well, I don't tell most people this, but I think it's safe for me to just say this, you know. I don't talk to people very much. It's just so, I'm just so freeing talking to you. I just feel like I can just say anything. Come on. And then all of a sudden, it's all over Facebook. People are covenant breakers. Covenant breakers said, no, you're not going to be able. He's not going to speak softly to you. You're not going to, he's not going to plead to you. He's not going to ask you for favors and, and, and say, oh, would you do this? You know, I really need your help. It's not going to happen. Okay? All right? Are you getting anything out of this? So they, they break agreements. You know, people that can't keep agreements, man, they can't. You, they say they're going to do something. They don't. They got every excuse in the world as to why they can't do something. It's Well, I don't know if I, I want to get to that heavy commitment, you know. They, they don't want to commit to relationships. They don't want to commit to a process. They don't want to commit to nothing. It's Leviathan. Their pride is keeping them from submitting them. Oh, I'm getting, getting from submitting themselves to a relate to really get something out of a relationship means that there's a level of submission one to another. That's the high level of relationship. Most people don't have those relationships. It's very surface. But to have a relationships that really matter means I'm submitted to you, you're submitted to me in some way, in our exchange. We flow together as one. 
I listen to you, and I may not agree with what you say, but, but I'm submitted to our relationship to where I care enough about it to be able to listen. See, that's not the way a Leviathan-inspired person will be. It's my way. Oh, you can have your little, you know, you're, you're just talking nonsense. And they don't submit. Oh, I'm, t- I'm here to tell you, people that cannot make decisions to do what's right... Hello. I know you're thinking about somebody, but remember, we look at the mirror here. All right. Okay. All right. Number three. I think that was God there. But Leviathan twists the truth. He distorts words and he convolutes logic. You don't even think straight. When you're under the power of Leviathan, you don't even think straight. You get so wrapped up in it, you can come up with the biggest conspiracy theories of all time. And he's just feeding them to you. You think people are having secret meetings about you? That they stay up late at night planning and plotting against your life. How many have ever thought that about a boss or a co-worker? When really they're just going spur of the moment, being moved on by spirit to agitate your life in a, in a moment, in a change, in an instant. But yet you think it's all conspiracy. It's all, they're all against me. Everyone's against me down there. Everyone hates me. Hello? Amen? It's like the man that uh, on Sunday morning, the alarm went off, and uh, he hit the snooze button and said, I'm not going in today. And he says, those people, they don't like me. They don't care for me. And you know what? I don't like them either. And I'm not going to church. And the wife says, but honey, you're the pastor. You need to go. (laughs) See, these are... You can get so where you think everybody... Have you ever went through a crisis in your life or been hurt by somebody that you think that everybody is on their team? That's that's Leviathan. You need to resist him. See, pride just takes it up and says, well, guess what? I'm against them too. I'm just going to give them... I'm I'm, I'm just going to use real language here. I'm going to give them hell. I'm going to go down in a blaze of glory. And a lot of people have that attitude in life. That's why they can't keep good jobs. They can't keep good relationships. They're married four and five times. Their kids don't like them. And they'll have to pay people to come to their funeral. It's because Leviathan has ruled their life. All right? So he twists the truth. Number four, you can't argue with this spirit. You can't argue with him. When you've got someone that is in the spirit of Leviathan, there is no way that you're going to outmaneuver them and argue to bring them to submission. They will not. 
Have you ever fought with somebody you just knew this is never going to end? This is never going to end. That's when you need to know when to fold them. Amen? Know when to walk away and know when to run. Get out of it. Get out of it. Because what's it doing? It's doing a role to try to suffocate your spiritual life and dismember and separate you. Okay? All right? Okay. This spirit can only be defeated by the power of the Spirit of God. It's the only way. And it's by operating in the word of humility that we're able to take the heads off of Leviathan. Okay? Number six. Those under its influence become very critical, especially against those in authority above them. Now, this is at work. And this is also at church, and this is at home. Okay? Teenagers getting rebellious towards their parents. Uh, workers getting rebellious towards their bosses. Uh, spiritual authority. They, they hate it. They absolutely hate it. And they become judgmental, and uh, their words become acidic, and they break down people, and they pull them down. All the time, pulling someone down. Wasn't that a great praise and worship? Didn't she sing that song so beautiful? Well, she, she, she's done it better before. They're unimpressed. You can't impress them. Hello? You can't impress them. They can't rejoice with those who rejoice. If someone gets a promotion... Or someone gets something, maybe they get a new house or a new car, they can, they're unimpressed. Oh, yeah, yeah, I could have had that too. I, I'm serious. <laughs> Come on, guys, you, you've seen this. You've seen this. You're upset, but you don't want to show that you're impressed that so-and-so got a higher-level car than the one you got. Hello? You, you could have, you know, you wanted to get that car, but you couldn't afford it. So you say things like, well, I like mine better. I like those roll-up windows better than those, you know. <laughs> Come on now. I'm serious, guys. Four bedrooms? Who in the world needs four bedrooms? A pool. I'm, this is this is stuff, man. This is stuff. Hello, you want to know where this stuff swims around? Go to a pastors' conference. How many are you running? I never tell anybody. I, I learned a long time ago, you don't talk that stuff with other pastors if you want friends. How's big, how big is your building? You know, have building envy. Come on. People envy. Number envy. How big is yours? 
Come on. It's stupidity. Are you doing what God's called you to do? Then that's what we need to be. That's the measure of success. Do what God asks you to do. Amen? Okay. All right. But, but they're just unimpressed. They're just... Well, I, I don't know. That would be too much of a house to clean. I don't know. <laughs> Hello? Ten acres. That's a lot of mowing. <laughs> just unimpressed. Can't be happy for nobody else. I'm telling you, this stuff is working in the church. They're hard-hearted. And they cause hard-heartedness in people because they're so acidic and so mean and so negative that it causes people to get hard-hearted because they're hard. They wouldn't know revival if it fell on their face and wiggled. Wouldn't have any idea about it. Someone comes fresh to the Lord and they're so vibrant and free and they look down on them. Well, you just wait. Because you're going to be just like me in six months. I'm serious. I'm serious. There are people like that. You're going to be just like me. I admire your zeal. But I am more mature in the Lord. This is Leviathan. Hello. This is bad stuff. They have an increasing appetite for control. Because once they come in, they just want some control. You know, they want to have power. And so they, they we, you know, get themselves in and they, they basically criticize everybody that in the position they want, they, they just tear down anybody that's in that position. Well, you know, he does a good job, but I really, my kids really enjoy the children's church, but, hello, and it's just, it's Leviathan, you see, they have an appetite for control, but yet they resist submission to true spiritual authority, they don't want to answer to nobody. See, most people fail the faithfulness test. Not because they don't show up, because that's what most Christians believe faithfulness is, just show up. That's not what faithfulness is. Faithfulness means to do what you're told to do the way you were told to do it. Let me say that again, because we're hardheads. You will be rewarded for faithfulness. You will not be rewarded for just showing up. Well done, thou good and showing up servant. Is that what it means? Is that what he said? I was at the church all the time, Lord. Hello? But you know what? The pastor asked you to do this. 
and asked you to do it a certain way and you decided you knew better than he did and you wonder why that the blessing of the Lord's not on your ministry don't look at me like that you know I'm telling you the truth well, I know better, you know. He uh, he he didn't have it all together, you know, and 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 you know that was kind of stupid the way he did that, you know, that process. I could skip this and this and okay, but that's not faithfulness. That's not faithfulness. You won't be rewarded for that. Well, you know, he's inexperienced. You know, he's young. He doesn't know it. You know, I've done it more years, and, and I'm... Or he's old. He don't know what the new thing is, and I'm going to... Come on now. Did you know that God will test you through um, being obedient to another man's word? Some people don't are never associates. They'll never be an associate in ministry because they can't serve under anybody. They can't do it. So they go start works, and they end up flopping. I deal with them every day, every day. They end up flopping because they don't know how to. Listen, if you don't know how to submit to another man, you will not know how to submit to God. That's just all there is to it. You'll flounder and flop and you'll fold. I've seen people do it day in and day out. We've got people starting churches all the time. And you ask them, well, who are you under or who did you serve under? What are you? They can't even tell you. Hello? Well, my, my mentor and father in the faith is Keith Moore. Well, does he know that? <laughs> Do you even know him? Come on now. This is stuff where we're failing. We're failing, and the reason why we're not seeing the power of God, Leviathan's just chewing, our, chewing us up. I was thinking to say something else, but he's chewing us up. He's chewing us up. He is. And we think we're doing something. We actually think we're making headway because so-and-so liked our post on Facebook. They liked it. We're making an impact. Got three likes. Someone shared it. I'm ready to start a work now. I'm, I'm serious. I, I don't know if you know who these people are, but I, I, know, I, I know them. I know them. Hello. Bad part, some of them were, were how I was. That's what's They're arrogant, and they, they have a mocking spirit. Okay? This is bad news. Mocking the things of God. Mocking other ministers. Mocking 
other people. This is bad stuff. And they're truth resistant, number 10. Nine was arrogant and mocking spirit. Ten is truth resistant. They've got a thick skin that is not pliable to God. They are the clay that has hardened itself on the potter's wheel. It says, I dare you to touch me. Hello? Listen, God wants to mold you the way He wants to mold you. You don't buck up and start bucking up portions of your clay to try to resist what He's trying to do in your life. He's trying to form a masterpiece. And what we do is we just push against it and push against it. That's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to do. That's not how I see myself. Well, maybe you need to adjust yourself. Maybe you're seeing through the eyes of Leviathan and not through the eyes of the Lord. Amen? Is that all right? Are you sure? Okay. So with that, we've got to find out if Leviathan's swimming in the waters of our life. And the, one of the first indicators that pride is evident in your life is are you living in a realm of lying? Lying is a form of pride. Now, most people say, well, no, I'm not telling any lies at all. You know, I'm not lying to people and, and being disingenuous about stuff. But lying can go more than that. <clears throat> lying isn't always out of your mouth directed to somebody. But are you believing lies? Are you operating in some realm of deception? in regards to yourself, in regards to others? Do you have presumptions and prejudices that are based on half-truths, broad-stroke caricatures? <coughs> How many know what I'm talking about? See, you can live a life of deception and not tell one lie. It just focuses on, you know, it just means that whatever I do is based upon a false assumption that Jeff is this way, so I'm going, to, I'm going to communicate with him in that way. Do you see what I'm saying? We've got to get rid of the falseness. Relationships would flow a lot better if we'd get rid of the pretense. You get rid of the masks. You get rid of the walls. You're able to, those are high level. Now, you're not going to have very many of those. You can't have those with everybody, but you at least have to have some that you are able to just be you. Amen? Because you got, you know, listen, you don't let everybody in your inner circle. Amen? Okay, all right. Number two, talking about yourself. There's people that just talk about themselves way too much. They'll come into the room, and they'll take the air right out of it. Talking about themselves. Now, you might think, well, yeah, I know those braggadocious people. Well, it isn't just being braggadocious. It's talking negative about yourself, too. So the key word is yourself. <laughs> That's the key word. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. It's, it's about you. Everything's about you. Hello. 
Now, one minister used to say this. He said, uh, you know, I wish that every person's front of their frontal lobe here was a television set so you could see what's on their mind. Well, I can already tell you what's on their mind. Themselves. <clears throat> I tell this to ministers all the time when they begin to feel intimidated to minister or intimidated to do something. I say, listen, they're not, they're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're busy thinking, am I impressing them? Well, they're thinking, am I impressing him? Hello. So they got this big old huge, you know, monitor on there. And I'm telling you, if it was uh, one of those streaming stations, it would be me TV. Man, it's me. Me action adventure. Me comedy. Me drama. Come on. And I mean, they do a star in every movie and in every television show and everything. It's all about them. Hello. And they talk about their aches and their pains. They talk about their tragedies and defeats. They talk about how that they got grandma's feet and they got papa's eyes and they got, come on, and they got... I'm telling you, pride is running rampant in the body of Christ. We got ministers that all they talk about is themselves. All they talk about is where they went to school and what they did and how they've done it. And they were under this one and they were under that one. And I was in this meeting and I was in that. And you know what the Lord told It's almost as if the Lord has to come and tell them what he wants to do. Hello. That's gross pride. Absolutely gross pride. We are His servants. He does not serve us. Hello. Now, He has graciously given us all things. And Jesus' death, burial, and sacrifice has afforded all this wonderful grace and mercy that we walk into. But listen, we, He is not under obligation to us. And he doesn't, he is obligated himself, but he's not under obligation. It's by his will that he links up with us. Amen? And, and, and but most people will, will talk like the Lord's under some kind of obligation. Well, I fasted, you know, I fasted 40 days. You're not supposed to tell people how long. Didn't Jesus teach that you get your reward? And here's what some people do. Well, you know, and I did everything down at that old church. I did this, and I, I, I paid for this, and I paid for that. Well, you just got your reward. You just got your reward. Oh, you don't think this stuff's in the church. It's in the church. Arrogance and pride, thinking that you're something. Hello. Are you ready? Are, are, you, are you wanting to go home? <clears throat> I bet you are. I bet you are. <laughs> Have you ever heard anybody say this? I guess I'm just not like most people. Boy, do you wear three-legged underwear or something? What, what, what? 
What, what, what do you mean by that? Do you have a, a tail or something? I, I don't know what you're talking about there. Well, I guess I'm just not like most people. Pride is always wanting to be different. I just want to be different, you know? I'm going to stand out from the pack. Why? Because you want the focus to be where? Oh, it's the truth. It's the truth. I guess I'm just not like most people. No, you're exactly like all people. Hello? You're a dependent creation who needs a Savior. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Hello? Well, I'm not... Hello? Being offended. How oh, those people just get offended at everything. And it's pride is what it is. How dare these people do something that would cause me to be uncomfortable? <laughs> I can't believe they would say that in my presence. You're at a bar. Hello. Well, I'm just offended at what you just said right there. Well, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself because you're under the guise of Leviathan because you think what you think about is the only thing to think about. Hello. He offends me with that shirt that he wears. Who cares? I don't like his tattoos. Who cares? Who cares what you think? Let me, let's just say that. Who cares what you think? You might want to get up in the morning, look in the mirror. Who cares what I think? Nobody does. Except for you. Because you're God. You're the sun, and everybody just kind of does a nice little circle around you. You know, you just. I'm serious. That's the way, way people think. All right. That really embarrassed me. Why are you embarrassed? What, what's, the, what's the root of your embarrassment? Pride. This is rough, isn't it? Get embarrassed because what you think is king. What you think, what you think about it is king, and how you look. There's people that get embarrassed about their kids. Hello, you get embarrassed about their kids. Why? They're not concerned that their kids are making an idiot out of themselves. They're, they're concerned about how they look because the person's making an idiot out of themselves. Hello? Well, I'm just embarrassed. I'm just so embarrassed by this. Well, you're just it's self-preservation, isn't it? It's just the way I look. You're making me look bad, so I'm embarrassed. See, it's pride. They get worse, guys, okay? <clears throat> How you handle being ignored. 
is a great indicator of whether or not Leviathan's in your life. When someone ignores you or a group ignores you or something of that nature, you know, and, and or someone's icing you out and you throw a stinking fit because you're not recognized. Now, you might not throw a stinking fit right there, but you might go home and take it out on your family. Hello. Well, I just can't believe they just thumbed their nose up at me and didn't say hi and do that. Well, goodness gracious. Maybe we should get a parade to have you, you know, when you come in the door, there should be a parade, you know. It should have, you know, elephants and, and that guy on the stilts. And people like that. How about this? How do you handle when you don't get credit? Someone gets up here and doesn't mention that you were, you know, a contributor to this. What do you do with that? Do you get all mad? I'm leaving that church. I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it right now. Come on. There's people that have left for lesser things. I mean, there are some people that actually, and they've approached me, so I know they're real. They're not like a Bigfoot. They're not like a Bigfoot, man. They, they're real. And they'll come in and say stuff like this. They want me to come up here and say, here is every service, every service. Here's a special notification that so-and-so helped with the bathroom stalls and Boy, if I did that around this church, we wouldn't have services. There's so many giving people that give so much of their lives to this place. But what reward? Do you want the reward from me? Do you want the reward from the people around you? Or do you want the reward from Jesus? Well, then zip it. Hello, zip it. Stop it. Well, I come in here every day. I come early and, and I put this out and I put that out and I do this and I do that and they don't say anything about it. There's someone. You've got to trust the Lord. Oh, I've I got to move on. You're looking at me mad. I, I'm glad we don't have stones by your... Okay? One thing about pride is it's assuming. It always assumes things. It always assumes, well, you're going to just do that for me. You know, you're just going to do that for me. But we need to understand that we should expect nothing from people. We should expect nothing from people. But we should appreciate everything. You understand that? you got to expect nothing and appreciate everything everything. Amen? All right? So, <clears throat> how do you respond when you don't get your way? This is a major indicator whether Leviathan's alive and well in your life. 
when you don't get your way, when the thing doesn't go your direction, when they don't take your counsel, when they don't do what you want done, or your idea is put in the trash and someone else's idea is brought to the forefront. Hello? I'm telling you, friends, that's pretty hardcore stuff. When you have pitched an idea that you have birthed and went through the labor pains and you bring it baby vision to the office meeting or to some place that needs information and you put it out on the table and it's totally disregarded kicked over in the trash can come on now I'm telling you, you're going to know right quick who's swimming in your creek. That doesn't mean you're not going to have feelings. doesn't mean you're not going to be disappointed. It just means what do you do with it? Do you secretly plot and plan everybody's death in the room? serious you know come down out of the rafters as a ninja and you know just come on there's lots of things that people do and think about to entertain their lives I'll show you hello this, and this stuff is happening in churches this is happening in, in staffs in elder meetings and Deacons meetings. Hello, you know, it's in deacon meetings after their smoke break. Some of you will get that a little bit later. All right. <laughs> I'm cute. Um, how do you respond to correction? There's just some people can't be corrected about nothing. Now, I'll be honest with you. I think I could say 100% in this room, we don't like to be corrected. Does anybody like to be corrected around here? Is there anybody in this room that says, I just love correction. <laughs> Correct me. It's like a, like a spiritual sadomasochist. Beat me, pastor. Beat me. Nobody likes correction, but how you handle it's another thing. Well, I think, you know, you might need to adjust this. What do you mean? What do you mean, brother? I have prayed. I have sought God. He spoke to me right after I ate that pizza. He showed me that I'm supposed to do this. Well, you know, it just seems a little odd that he would ask you to do this because you've never done that before. It's kind of like a guy came up, I think it was a musician, said, I want to play piano just like you. And he said, the first question he asked, do you have a piano? No. <laughs> well, it's obvious you'll never play piano <laughs> like him if you don't have We've had people show up. 
I believe I'm called to be a praise and worship leader. Or I'm, I feel like I need, to, I need to play the bass. Well, do you know how to play the bass? No. Have you ever led a song? No. You just want to just give them the spirit of slap. Hello. We've had people that have told us that they were supposed to go from one ministry to the other, like they translate. <laughs> there are, you know, and it, um, I can't get too explicit. If I do, you know, people get offended, but it, it, it's just the truth. I mean, well, the Lord told me I'm supposed to be, you know, uh, pastoring or I'm supposed to be in business or I'm supposed to... Uh, okay. Um, you don't even have a job uh, and you haven't had one in five years. I know you're waiting for that management uh, position. Stupid, crazy things. Has never worked for anybody, but yet wants to go in business for themselves. I mean, just, but God told them. God told them. And if you, if you even mention that, maybe that may not be, maybe you need to get under somebody that does what you want to do and learn from them. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that. You, you, you don't believe in the Bible. You don't believe in God. Because if you believed in God, you'd believe in my vision. told you this was rough how you follow instructions that goes back to faithfulness guys how you follow instructions there's some people don't follow instructions at all I need you to do A, B and C and D and they go and do D and E and they create a whole letter of the alphabet that doesn't exist but they, that's the way they're going to do it they're going to do it their way and they're going to fight you every step of the way alright Number nine, they're argumentative. They like to argue. They're not interested in other people's opinions or views. They're argumentative. And they'll talk over you. You know, you ever had anybody talk over you? You're trying to, well, you know, I, yeah, but. Hello. I mean, just talk over you. You know, it's like they're just taking their will and they're just, you know, they're just putting you in a, a chokehold or something like that. You know, just trying to talk over you, to elevate their voice, to try to get you to calm down so they can dominate you. This is wrong. This is wrong. Humility keeps quiet. The Bible says that if you keep your mouth shut, and this is what a lot of people's problem is, if you keep your mouth shut, you'll look like a wise man. But boy, people, they got diarrhea of the mouth. I mean, it's just, you know, they got to talk, they got to talk. And while you're talking, they're loading their mental gun. They're loading their mental gun. They're loading it up. Just as fast as they possibly can. You can't get a word in edgewise. I've had people that needed help, needed help in their situation. 
But you get together with them, and they talk the entire time. I mean, it's they, they talk and they give themselves the answers to their own questions. I'm telling you, this stuff is getting ridiculous. Defensiveness. I've only got one more after this one. You, you're, you're saying, oh, thank you, Lord. Defensiveness. Are you defensive? Well, we didn't see you at church. What do you mean? I haven't seen you around. What? How dare you say that? I've been going there longer than you've been alive. <laughs> Hello? Defensive. Well, why don't you serve anymore? What do you mean? What do you mean? You think you're better than me? You think you love the Lord more than I do? And we wonder why people just aren't coming through the doors. We wonder why people say, go, let's go to church. God's there. Well, this stuff is also there. That's what keeps people away. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. People are always saying, Lord, sin revival. Revival's already here. I mean, we're just not cooperating with it because we, we're, we're so filled with pride and arrogance and Leviathan and Jezebel is just, you know, Jezebel's got a booth out in the foyer, you know? I mean, come on now. Hello. And here's a big one, anger. People that just can't control their anger. I'm mad. I'm mad. That's all they say. I'm mad. I'm upset. Uh, uh, busting things. Using their words to be nasty. Can't hold back their anger. Have no self-restraint. It's pride. It's Leviathan. Throwing nasty, stinking fits. I mean, I understand a four-year-old but not a 54-year-old throwing a stinking nasty fit. It's Leviathan. Amen? And the only way we're going to get him out of our lives if we will humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and realize that it's not about us. Get the focus off yourself. Leviathan always wants you to focus on you. Your hurt, your pain, your gifts, your talents, your destiny, your ministry, your this. And I'm telling you, you get your eyes off that, you'll go nowhere. Nowhere. You will be in a state of purgatory for the rest of your life. And you'll never fulfill what God asks you to do. It's only when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, when you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. When you humble yourself and you receive correction and you receive instruction and you're able to be meek and teachable and, 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 and amiable to the direction of the Lord because God is going to guide you not just through the Word of God, not just through the inner witness and the Spirit of God, but He's going to guide you through ministry gifts and people that He's put in your life. We don't talk about that much, but it's the truth. 
I would not be where I'm at today without people that God put in my life. And sometimes you scratch your head wondering why. But then when you look back at the glorious hand of God and the glorious work of God, you say, man, I needed these people. These people were important to me. You might not see it right now. But when you look back on it, you'll say, my gosh, thank God. I wouldn't be here without my wife. I wouldn't be here without my mother-in-law. I wouldn't be here without, you see, uh, people that came into my life to help me. wouldn't be here. But pride doesn't, pride is all about me, what I did, what I accomplished. I didn't need anybody. I, I, I made myself. And it's very easy to cooperate with those principles in this world. Because we have people that can use social media, they can use... You don't have to do the things you used to do anymore. If you want to write books or, or make an album, you can do it on your own dime. You can do... Any, back in the day, back when I was growing up, you had to get a publisher, you had to get noticed, you had to get recognized. I mean, there was a certain... But today, I mean, you can put junk out there. And you can make yourself to be something that you really aren't. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people in the church that do this stuff too. Make themselves out to be something. And that what they are in the house is not. Come on now. And we got to get it out. Amen? This okay? It gets worse. Next week's Jezebel. We, I mean... <laughs> Well, that's fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Till the daddy takes the T-bird away. You thought Leviathan was rough. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, we got people that are here to pray with you, here to educate you in anything that you might be need. Spirit, you need to be delivered. You need to be healed. Praise God, they're going to be up here. But right now, we're going to pray for a good friend of ours, and we're going to believe God. That praise the Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus, he is healed. Russell, come on up here in the name of Jesus. He's having some problems with his back. So I would like some of the ministers to come up here. We're going to lay hands on him, and uh, we're going to see him totally restored to full mobility in his back in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says that uh, if any is sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. It talks about they anoint him with oil, but that's also through the laying of hands or through other means. It's the prayer of faith that saves the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. Amen. And we believe he's going to raise you up right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you for Russell. And we just, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, we lay hands on him in Jesus' name. And we command his back right now in the name of Jesus 
to come into full alignment with Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. Surely he hath borne our sickness and carried our pains, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his wounds, or with his stripes, we are healed right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I command this back in the name of Jesus to come into alignment that he sent his word and healed him and delivered him from all back trouble right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just begin to move around. Do what you couldn't do before. Do what you couldn't do before. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The power of God. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. They're going to be up here in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed.